Welcome to Get On The Mend from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy. So with evidence-based advice from physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers, take charge of your health. It's been almost nine months since most of us went into lockdown because of the COVID-19 pandemic. In the past nine months, many of our lives have changed. Some have lost loved ones, but others have gained an addition or more to their families. And I'm not talking about pets. I'm talking about babies. Nurse and lactation consultant Dr. Jeanette Crenshaw joins us in this episode to discuss breastfeeding, and not just during the pandemic, but during normal times as well. Dr. Jeanette Crenshaw, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the Health Sciences Center. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. I am a doctor of nursing practice, and I teach in the School of Nursing in the Doctor of Nursing Practice program. I've been at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center since 2012. Tell me a little bit about your expertise. I have expertise in evidence-based maternity and breastfeeding practices, as well as leadership and evidence-based practice. It's been nine months since many of us have been in quarantine or working from home, and it feels like we might be asked to self-isolate again, but life goes on. My niece just had a baby last week. and Congratulations. Thank you. A very healthy baby boy. Um, so I, I think also given the pandemic, um, that mothers and mothers-to-be might feel extra protective about their babies. So what can you tell us what safe lactation resources are available for moms? Fortunately, we here in the United States, we have links to many reputable resources that women can rely on. One place that they may not think of is the United States Breastfeeding Committee. There's a place for parents to be, and it includes links to some of the most reputable sources we have, including the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's breastfeeding page, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists breastfeeding page, and the American Academy of Pediatrics, and to the American Academy of Nursing, that just to name a few. So we have numerous resources. And just for an example, on the Centers for Disease Control website, you can see information about breastfeeding, the benefits of breastfeeding for mothers, for children, and for families, and for the community. You can find guidelines and recommendations for things like pumping and storing, and breastfeeding in special circumstances, how to manage that. And also the CDC and the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology and the American Academy of Pediatrics all provide consistent information about breastfeeding and about pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, Can you explain to us what are the benefits of breastfeeding? I'd be glad to. And of course, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about that. There is so much evidence about the benefits of breastfeeding. I do want to say one more thing about COVID-19, though. It is still recommended, if women are comfortable with it, that they share a room with their baby and continue breastfeeding during COVID. So it's a conversation that a nurse 
or other provider should have with the mother about the benefits of breastfeeding in the midst of the pandemic. And even if the mother is positive for COVID-19, how she can continue to provide breast milk. And what's recommended right now is that mothers share a room with their baby wear a mask when they're closer than six feet apart. And of course, use great hand washing, just like we're all doing, washing your hands thoroughly for at least 20 seconds or using an alcohol-based hand gel if soap and water is not available. But breast milk and breastfeeding directly is not prohibited if a mother is positive for COVID-19, if the mother is comfortable with doing it. Thank you for explaining that. So back to your question, you wanted to know some of the benefits. So I'm going to start with benefits for women. So we have so much evidence about why it's beneficial for women. But overall, the biggest reason I would say is women who are able to breastfeed successfully, and usually that means women who got the support they needed to help them, feel a sense of fulfillment and joy with the emotional and physical relationship. Um, The other thing is that women producing their breast milk antibodies to harmful microbes that are in their environment, uh, whether in the baby's environment or the mom's environment. So they actually make milk that's specific for exactly what their baby needs to protect them. But the benefits for women, for example, are that they have reduced risk of breast cancer. They have reduced risk of ovarian cancer and type 2 diabetes, which is an epidemic itself right now. They have reduced risk of high blood pressure, rheumatoid arthritis, and even cardiovascular disease. And that includes high blood pressure. That includes high cholesterol. So for moms, it's lots of benefits. We've always known there's benefits for babies, and that includes reduced risk of asthma and obesity and diabetes and lower risks of all kinds of disease and infection, like lower respiratory diseases, ear infections, sudden infant death syndrome, and even childhood cancers. And of course, there's benefits for the community too, because it's environmentally friendly. Breast milk comes free with every pregnancy and reduces the risk risk of waste that comes with bottles and packages of formula. Is breastfeeding an option for all moms? So all the resources that I talked about early in in this podcast all confirm that it is rare for a mother or a newborn to not be able to breastfeed. Most women will choose to breastfeed if given full, up-to-date, accurate information. And that's the sad thing is that women sometimes don't receive the information they need to make an informed decision. So yes, there are times when a woman cannot fully breastfeed. For example, a woman might have insufficient glandular tissue to make all the milk her baby needs, but that doesn't happen very often. And a baby may be born with a congenital defect where they can't fully take breast milk. And that, again, is something that happens rarely. We used to think that breastfeeding was a lifestyle decision, and now it's become a public health decision, and it's become a decision about a right, that women and babies have the right to access the best possible information, and that babies have the right to get the best possible nutrition And what if mom is having problems producing milk? 
Most problems related to trouble producing milk are caused by women not getting the help and the information they need. So that's the good news, that the vast majority of women are fully capable of adequately providing sufficient milk for their babies. And what they need is those around them, the nurses and the other providers who care for them, giving them accurate, up-to-date information. For example, avoiding birth interventions that aren't medically necessary so that immediate breastfeeding and skin-to-skin care is not delayed. Um, Making sure that women know to put their baby skin-to-skin with them for at least an hour as soon as their baby is born so that there's no separation of moms and babies. Frequent practice sessions so that moms and babies right from the beginning have the opportunity to breastfeed about 10 times a day. And then nurses and other healthcare professionals should show moms how to maintain their ability to produce milk if for some reason they're separated from their baby for some reason. Moms can choose to have their babies in hospitals that practice evidence-based breastfeeding and maternity practices. Can you tell us, maybe we can address some of the myths, like, for example, does breastfeeding hurt? There are many, many myths about breastfeeding. And I'll start with, does breastfeeding hurt? And typically when breastfeeding hurts, it means that their baby is not latched on correctly, and moms just need a little help on how to latch. It means that the baby is not being held correctly. So most typically, it's a positioning problem or a latch problem. And those things are so easily fixed with help. And believe it or not, there's online help that moms can get. You could go to the CDC website, the Centers for Disease Control website, and see how to latch a baby and how to attach a baby. Many experts in breastfeeding are doing virtual visits with moms to help them with breastfeeding. As some mothers experience a bit of discomfort at the beginning, but if it's described as painful, that means that mom needs help. That is not normal. That discomfort usually lasts for about three to five days until her full milk supply starts being produced. And then babies are swallowing more. And then the discomfort usually gradually subsides and is gone by about day 10 to 12. How can mom tell if the baby is getting enough breast milk? Well, the number one way to tell whether a baby is getting enough breast milk is what the baby weighs. And so conveniently during the first month, babies gain about an ounce a day starting at about day three to five once their mature milk is beginning to be produced. So the colostrum is wonderful, but around day three to five, then they start having the more mature milk, the more full milk supply. And at that point, babies start to gain about an ounce a day. So if there's ever a question about whether a baby is getting enough milk, the best answer is to take their baby to their healthcare provider and have the baby weighed. Then another way to tell is around day, by day three, I would say, by day three, babies should have around three, at least, they usually have many more, but at least three to four large stools a day. And stools are a real great indicator that something is going in. So those are great ways to tell. What if mom isn't producing enough or also can a mom produce too much milk? 
Well, I'll answer the first question first. Typically, if a mom isn't producing enough milk, in other words, that baby isn't gaining, her baby isn't gaining that ounce a day, it's either a latch problem, a frequency problem, or a milk removal problem. So that means either the baby's not latched on well enough to remove milk successfully, or mom and baby are not nursing frequently enough around 10 times a day, nine to 12, or baby may appear to be latched on, but milk is not being removed. So the way mom's breasts continue to make milk is milk is removed. So you have to remove milk to make milk. And again, fortunately, health professionals, nurses, physicians, lactation consultants know how to help moms with latch issues with frequency issues and ensuring that milk is removed. And of course, if there's any problem with milk removal, their health professionals should show them how to um, build up their milk supply. Can mom make too much milk? Occasionally, moms make too much milk. And fortunately, there are a lot of strategies to it's a nice problem to have. There are a lot of strategies to help mom reduce milk, which I would encourage them to go to their healthcare provider and talk to them about that if that is the case. But it's, it does happen sometimes. I guess along the same line, is it okay to freeze or bottle milk? Absolutely. Milk can be frozen, milk can be refrigerated and kept in the refrigerator up to five days for a healthy term baby. If it's not going to be consumed by the baby within five days, then it can be frozen. One of the resources for storing and pumping milk, first of all, there's a link to it from the United States Breastfeeding Committee website, resources for parents. And then there's also resources from the Centers for Disease Control. So just be sure you're going to a reliable resource on how to remove milk store it and how to care for the things like a breast pump and the storage containers. Should moms stick to a special diets during breastfeeding? Is there anything they should avoid? There's a lot of myths around what moms should or should not eat when they're breastfeeding. And I think the bottom line is we have evidence to show even women who are malnourished make excellent milk. It's not very healthy for mom because moms need all the nutrients to feel at their best. So there's a lot of myths about food. And I would say the best thing to do is consult their healthcare provider. The greatest myth of all is that moms need to eat plain, non-spicy food. And the interesting thing is that while pregnant, babies are actually exposed to a myriad of flavors based on what moms have eaten. So because it flavors the amniotic fluid and babies consume amniotic fluid. So breastfed babies come out exposed already to the tastes of things that mom may eat. There is no evidence to support that moms have to eat a uh, non-spicy diet that moms have to avoid gassy foods. It doesn't make babies gassy just for moms to eat beans or broccoli. So moms can pretty much eat a variety of foods. What are some other common myths about breastfeeding? 
Well, here's a real classic one. Some people think, well, you can't breastfeed if you're sick. It's actually just the opposite. If you're sick in the vast majority of cases, you are already making antibodies to the very thing that's making you sick. So maybe you get a cold. You're already making antibodies to that cold even before you realize you have a cold. So to withhold your breast milk because you have a fever or because you have a cold, you're depriving your baby of the very uh, antibodies that you're already making to protect your baby. So that's a real common one. Another common one is you can't breastfeed if you take any medicine. There are some medicines that shouldn't be consumed by a mother if she's breastfeeding. But typically, if there is a medicine that she needs to take, there's often a safe medicine within that category of medication that she can use while she's breastfeeding. And the vast majority of medicines are safe. So again, consult your healthcare provider about the medicines you're on. And there's a book called Medications in Mother's Milk that I'll just plug right now because there's a professor from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center who's the author of that book, Dr. Hale. And that's a great resource for health professionals to use to determine whether it's a safe drug while a mother is breastfeeding. So Medications and Mother's Milk by Thomas Hale. So I put a plug in for Dr. Hale's book. Uh, and another classic myth is that you need to separate a mother from her baby so she can rest. Mothers can rest very easily with their babies. Uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that mothers and babies rest in the same room together and it keeps mothers and babies safer. They also recommend that mothers prepare their bed so that if they were to fall asleep with their baby in their arms, the bed is safer. For instance, they don't have a lot of comforters and heavy blankets in their bed and the mattresses are snug against the wall, but they don't recommend mothers sleep with babies in general. So the best thing to do though for mothers is to prepare their bed just on the chance that they fall asleep with their baby in their arms, that that bed is safer and then other times put their baby in the crib in their room. Is there any right age for mom to stop breastfeeding their babies? There's no point at which mothers stop providing antibodies, nutrition, and get that sense of fulfillment while they breastfeed. So mothers can breastfeed as long as they desire. What the Centers for Disease Control says, they recommend mothers give only breast milk, no water, no formula, no other kinds of supplements except what's recommended for vitamins for the first six months. So they recommend women exclusively breastfeed for six months. And that six months gives mothers the best chance at getting the benefits of breastfeeding and gets infants the maximum benefits because the health benefits continue long after mothers wean. And then they recommend starting at around six months that mothers begin to supplement with culturally appropriate foods. So at that point, you're combining breast milk with solid food and then continue breastfeeding for at least a year. Now we're the only country in the world that say only continue breastfeeding for at least a year. Uh, the World Health Organization says mothers continue breastfeeding for at least two years. 
But both the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control say that mothers and their babies can continue breastfeeding as long as they desire. So there's no end that either of them put. There's just a minimum. The Centers for Disease Control says for at least a year, then as long as desired. The World Health Organization says for at least two years and then as long as desired. Has there been a change in attitude from the public about breastfeeding? I think the biggest change right now in the midst of this pandemic is mothers want to know, can I still breastfeed? If their plan is to breastfeed, they need to know that it is not prohibited, that they can continue to breastfeed and that health professionals recommend that they do if they would like to. So again, it's a conversation that mothers need to have with their healthcare provider, whether that's an advanced practice nurse or whether that's a physician, that that be a conversation they have while they're still pregnant and that they keep their babies with them in their room. So how can friends and family support moms? Well, I would say the big picture is tell her she's doing a good job. Tell her that this is really important work she's doing, providing breast milk for her baby, and that you're proud of her. You're proud that she's offering the best possible nutrition and health benefits for both herself and her baby. And those around her can offer to do the other tasks that make breastfeeding easier. Someone else can cook, someone else can clean so that she has the energy and the time to rest when her baby's resting and have the opportunity to nurse and help her breast make all the milk that her babies need. Finally, is there anything else you'd like to add? I just like to say thank you for the opportunity to talk about breastfeeding, especially in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm always available to answer questions. So please get in touch with me if you'd like to know anything else that is out there in the literature. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and talking about lactation and breastfeeding and debunking myths, especially during COVID. It's been my pleasure and I thank you very much for asking me. Thank you for listening to Get On Demand. As an end of the year bonus, we're doing additional episodes throughout this month, which focus on how to plan a safe holiday, COVID-19 vaccine information, and the long-term effects of COVID-19 on people who have been sick. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Get on the Mend is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center.